your identity in Christ. There was a time I was um, at an airport, to be precise, it was the Dubai airport. And so there was a man right in front of me. We had waited for a couple of hours and we were tired of waiting. And so this man was irated, he was irritated. And so he went on to the counter and he said to the woman that was at the counter, he said, what's going on here? I need to get home urgently. Whatever you want to do, I need to get home. And the woman said, there's a delay. You know that there's a delay. The man said, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, I want to get home. So the woman said, you know, where is your identity? And the woman and the man said, you want to know my identity? You mean my identity? You are asking me for my identity. My identity. And he kept on like that. And so the woman got onto the um, microphone. And, it, and she shouted into the microphone and said, um, something, seven, seven, whatever. There's a man here who does not know his identity. It wasn't funny at that time. Because I was right, the man was in front of me and I was right behind. And the woman said, I've announced, because if you don't know your identity, you cannot know your destination. So the man said, but I know where I'm going. He said, but where is your identity? The man said again, you're asking for my identity, and he went on again. I thought about that story to say this. If you don't know, if you don't have your identity, you don't understand what your identity is, it becomes very difficult to know where your destination or where you're going. Every other way will lead to where you think you are going because you don't know who you are, you don't know where you should be going. This is something that we're going to talk about, your identity in Christ, not just your identity, but your identity in Christ Jesus. How many people, before I go on, you're born again, you're spirit-filled, you're convinced, you know that you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I just want to show of that. Good. Fantastic. For those of us that have not, this is the day to be able to do that. The show of hand is not a condemnation or anything like that. It's to tell you that God Almighty is your father and is waiting on you. There is nothing that is hiding from you. He's not hiding your identity from you in any shape or form. But because, before I go on into the sermon itself, for the next three weeks, we will be going through this and I will show you the journey 
that we will be going through in the next three weeks. And they're going to put it on the screen for me. The journey we will be going through, we will answer the question of your identity. We will answer the question of recognition. We will answer the question of purpose. If you don't know what your identity is, there is no way you can know your purpose. Your purpose is the reason why you are created. But if you don't know your identity in Christ, your purpose becomes very elusive. For a lot of us, we stay on that. We go on on the question of purpose. But until you understand this, you recognize that identity, then your journey will be complete in purpose. You will walk in purpose. And so I want to crave your indulgence that stay with me for the next three weeks. This is what the journey is going to look like. Your identity in Christ. From the time of your birth, from the very moment when you were given birth to by your parents. There is a program that goes on. You are being programmed by your environment. You are being programmed by the experiences that you go through. You are being programmed by the exposure that you have. Your environment programs the way you react and behave. Your experiences based on that family unit where you find yourself, the experiences that you will have within that family unit, it points you to a particular direction. Your exposure, what you are exposed to, the kind of school you go to, the kind of friends if you come from a family where, for instance, your parents, um, maybe they fight a lot, there's a way you, you, you cringe into yourself because that's what you are exposed to. Your experience, your environment, your exposure, it shapes who you are. But that's not the only thing that I want you to know. The Bible says in the book of Romans 3, 23 to 25, everyone has sinned. It says we have all sinned, every one of us. Why is it that from birth we are being programmed, even when we're not conscious that we're being programmed? Why is it that some experiences, some exposure, and our environment shapes who we are, knowingly or unknowingly? There are several reasons to that. And with the question of identity, you will get that answered. 
The problem of sin, which is seen here in Romans 23, is what led to the problem of identity. When I'm talking of identity, identity is not, and I'm going to start from that point, identity is not who you are only, it's not what you like, it's not what you do, it's not what you have. Your identity is not who you know. And so the question is, what is your identity? Your identity is who you are in Christ Jesus. The identity I'm going to focus on is not the way you look, the, your physical, but no, that's not what I'm going to focus on today. It's who you are in Christ. Man is, a, is made up of three different entities. What makes up a man is the spirit, the soul, and the body. When you understand what your identity is, you are not easily manipulated. When you understand what your identity is, nobody, you, you don't compete with people. You compliment people. You don't compete. You don't copy when you understand what your identity is. The reason why we have a lot of copycats, especially on social media, where you guys spend a lot of time, you see their house all well made up. It's just for the photograph. The next day you knock on their door and you open their door, you will find out that the house is not as photogenic as you see it on social media. And so people copy other people just because they don't know who they are. It looks like that one person that you're seeing on social media has got it all together. Lies. The lie of the devil. Nobody has it together. If you are not in Christ, you don't have it together. So don't let me jump ahead of myself. Man is made of the spirit, soul, and body. Your body is a physical thing that you see. Your spirit is what communicates with God Almighty. You bring your body into a church setting of your watching online. But it's your spirit man that actually communicates with God. And so when we spend so much body, or so much time putting so much into this body, and our spirit man is being starved, you cannot know your identity that way. Your identity is not the fact that you are um, beautiful, you are intelligent, um, you are handsome, you have a car, you have a house. That does not make up who you are. What makes up who you are is actually in your spirit man. It's the part that we cannot see. That part which is your spirit that we cannot see is where you need to pay more attention. How did we get 
into identity crisis. Identity crisis came about, an identity crisis is when you've lost your identity, you have a fake identity, or you have a cloned identity. There's a lot of cloned identity in the world right now. People steal identity because they don't know who they are. And so this came about actually from the Bible. Identity crisis, the first identity crisis started in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verse 20. When Eve was called, the, 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 the wife of Adam was called the mother of, mother of the living. So she was described based on what she could do. The second one that I want you to look at is Genesis chapter 4 verse 2. Cain and Abel. The identity crisis started with Cain and Abel. When, when Abel was labeled as a keeper of sheep, Cain was labeled as a tiller of the ground. Defining your identity by the world standard leads to a misconception about your identity. When you choose to describe your identity, who you are, remember what I said, who you are is not this physical being that you can see. Who I am is not this person. Who I am is actually that part which you cannot see, which is my spirit man. Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere. I know for most times we talk about imposter syndrome. In which case you feel you're not good enough to hold on to what you have. You feel that every other person is doing very well apart from you. What leads to that is because you don't know your identity. Defining your identity by the world standard makes you think and makes you feel more comfortable describing yourself with the physical things that you can see, that you can touch with your five senses. You feel pressured by the society to define your identity through your job, through your finances or your financial status, your grades, your appearances. But when all these things that you put your trust in, when it is stripped from you, all of a sudden, your very core is being affected because at that time you don't understand what to do anymore. So let me go straight and ask you a question. What are the thoughts, what are the pain or the struggles that you have in embracing your identity in Christ? What is stopping you 
from giving yourself totally to the Lord Jesus Christ? What exactly are those things that are stopping you from living for Christ? Because sometimes when we're in the church, we're a different person. But when we get out there, even unbelievers would not believe that we've ever entered into a church because we look so different. We dress differently. We talk differently. Ephesians 1, 11 to 12, a message translation. In defining your identity, it says, it is in Christ that you know who you are and what you are living for. It is in Christ that you find out who you are and what you are living for. Why are you on this earth? Why did God create you? That's a question of purpose. Why are you so frustrated with different things? Why do you want to show yourself to everybody and anybody? Have you ever asked yourself that why do you do what you do? There are different things that you do that when you finish, you know, you just, you hate yourself. Why? Why do you do that? But the Bible says here that it is only in Christ you can find out who you are and what you are living for. There's no other way to go about it. Only your creator has a right and an authority to name you. You are not defined by your situation. You are not defined by your failures. You are not defined by your labels. Whatever label the enemy has put on you, you are not defined by that label. And you are not defined by your pedigree. The fact that you come from a home where your parents are doing very well. Maybe they are super rich. I come from an average family where things work. But when I gave my life at the age of 19, one of the things that occurred to me is that my pedigree could not get me anywhere far. I gave my life at the age of 19 when my life was going all over the place. And I'll tell you why. I give God the glory that I got to know my identity in Christ at a very early age. When I gave my life at the age of 19, I was um, in my second year, I believe. Yes, I was in my second year. My first year was the year that I'd gone into the university as a very sheltered child. There were four of us. I'm, I was the, I'm the only girl, I'm still the only girl, and three wonderful men. I should not, they should not hear me calling them boys. They're all, you know, with children right now. But when I, when I got to, the university was two hours away from our home. 
And so when I got into the university, my first time of being let go, let loose, I went crazy. I went bonkers. The university was called the University of Ife in Lagos, Nigeria. By the time you get to Wednesday, as they call them, because you're just coming in with, a, with an examination called Jambites. So they call us Jambites. And all these seniors, like in year three, year four, they're all looking for girlfriends and all that, you know, so everybody's positioned themselves. So from Wednesday night, parties are started. And so from Wednesday night, because we are the new crop of students that just got into, into the university. So you have a lot of attention. So from Wednesday night, we start the parties and off we go. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. By Monday morning, I cannot get up to go to class. It's not possible. Because I've slept through Thursday, so I go Wednesday night. I've slept through Thursday, I'd slept through Friday, Saturday I'm sleeping all day to get ready for the Saturday night because those are the Friday night, Saturday night is the real thing. And that went on for a whole semester. At the end of the semester, I was on probation. One point, I think 1.1 or something, 1.01. So they were ready to bounce me out. I came from a pedigree where <laughs> I can't, I can't go back home. I'd rather die. And that's the truth. I will rather die, which is what exactly what happened. Second semester, I took all social science courses. I limited my party going just a little bit. So I was able to climb through. In, I was doing sciences before. So I took social science courses and I was able to just come second semester, um, first semester of second year, my father got my result. Of course I had, what do you call, what do you call it now? You come back to school and do some receipts. I had a lot of receipts. That's what we call it then. And so my father said to me, he said, tell me talk what do you want to do with your life? Because when he saw my result, he could, he did, normally he would shout, he, he could not. He could not shout. Because there's nothing to shout when you see what is written there. You're talking C minus D, F. And that was my year one going to year two. That was the first time that anything made meaning to me. What exactly do I want to do with my life? I didn't understand what you were saying. But it never left me, that statement. I wrote it in my book. I wrote a little, a little bit of the story in my book. And that was my search for identity, for purpose, for significance. For recognition what do I want to do with my life is life about partying is life about the only thing I didn't do I didn't sleep around because I need to put that caveat there 
and I did not get to smoke. But I drank. And so I thought to myself, what exactly do I want to do with my life? That was when I encountered some people in my room. There were about six of us in the room then. They've been praying for me to give my life. That was when I encountered God. I came in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he turned my life around. And these are the things that I learned. And I'm just going to give us, give it to you right now. Your identity is acquired. It is not achieved. Colossians 3.10. In the TPT, 10 to 11, in the TPT translation. Your identity is crucial in your ongoing struggle with spiritual darkness and in overcoming the lifestyle that you are living right now. There is nothing as good as you understanding who you are in Christ. Your life will take a shape that you would not even imagine. Your identity is acquired. It is not achieved. The Bible says in Colossians 3.10, it says you have acquired a new creation. Life which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you. Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. You have acquired a new creation from Jesus Christ. Once you have given your life to Christ, the trajectory of your life should be upward moving. You need your identity to, to understand the spiritual darkness and overcome your former lifestyle. Your identity is not your name. Your identity is not my name, Tokwe Akishiku. Your identity is more than that. You have acquired this new creation, this new value system, which is dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the question that you would ask yourself, if I've acquired this new creation, this life, which is constantly being renewed, so it's not a one-time thing. If I have acquired that new creation, then who am I? Jesus is the only one that can offer you a value system that you can depend on. What do I mean by that? The realization or the acquire of the new creation is the life that can make you a success in this earth. There's nothing else that can give you success. Your true identity is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your identity starts first and foremost in you understanding who Jesus is. Then you can understand who you are. Colossians 1.27 You need to have an understanding that Jesus Christ, if you're born again, Christ lives in you. 
You're thinking to yourself, how does that how does that deal with my Monday morning blues? How does that deal with my addiction to pornography? How does that deal with my addiction to sex? How does that deal with my addiction to, to, to drinking, to smoking? I will get there. I understand your struggles. I went through a very rough patch before I gave my life to Christ. Colossians 1.27 Living within you is Christ. How many people have seen this scripture before? I just need a show of hand. You've seen it before. Living within you is Christ. Why is he living within me? He floods you with the expectation of glory. Do you know what glory is? All the ambition that you have, your expectation that you want to be a doctor, you want to be this, you want to be that. Jesus is the only one because he lives in you. And so those ambitions, he floods it. He floods you with that expectation. He goes on to say the mystery of Christ is embedded in you. Who Jesus is, is right there in you. And, and so... When uh, a friend of mine was making a joke, and he said, and she said, "Living within us is Christ, and that's the reason why we want to pray. We do this, Father, in the name of Jesus. We're talking to Jesus. So he said, because living in us is Christ. So when we do like this, that was just a joke that you know we're talking to Jesus. But living in you." Is Christ who floods you with everything, anything and everything that you want to be, you can become. Because Christ in you, another translation says, it's the hope of glory. So who are you? Number one, you are a new creation. Second Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation. All things have passed away, all things have become new. Number two, you are accepted in Christ. Romans 8, 10. You are accepted in Christ. So don't let any other rejection turn you into who you are not. Number, in TPT translation, Christ lives in you. And even though your body may be dead because of sin, Christ's life-giving spirit impacts you daily. You are fully accepted by God. Don't let abuse, rejection, don't let it play in your mind. Don't let thoughts that are not right, don't let it play in your mind. You are bigger than what Satan is telling you you are. Let me let you into a secret. Satan is afraid of you. Satan is afraid of you. Because Satan knows that if you know this scripture, that Christ lives in you, you will be able to dare anything. You will be fearless. The second thing I need you to know, your identity is not who you are, but who is in you, which is the Romans 8, 10. And the second thing is who you belong to. Your identity is not who you are. It's who is living in you 
and who you belong to. And so it takes us to the search of a sense of worthiness. Some people just don't feel enough because they don't know who they are in Christ. Some people have what you call imposters, imposters syndrome in which you feel that every other person is doing well except you. That's a lie of the enemy. And so the enemy brings about a distorted image. And because of that image that you have of yourself, you are not able to renew your mind. Even when you read it in the Bible, that this is who you are. Even as I'm telling you right now, that you are a new creation. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you, if you listen to House of Praise, and you should, to the last two, last week Sunday, most importantly, you should go back and listen to it. It doesn't matter what you have done. Regardless of what you have done, and this is not a license to sin. It's just for you to know that your father in heaven loves you so much that regardless of what you have done, the moment you say, Father, forgive me, it is over. It's like it never happened. So don't let the enemy frustrate you. Don't let the enemy say, oh, you are far too gone. You have done so badly that God cannot touch you. Lies. You are the apple of his eyes. When he looks at you, he sees the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. Your father in heaven does not see. You do all those rubbish, all those nonsense. And you're like thinking, oh, I've just, you know, I've, I've sinned against God. God cannot. That is Satan just getting, having a field day with you. Yes, you have sinned. But when he looks at you, what does he see? He sees Jesus. Because you are wrapped in Jesus. And so when Jesus, when he is looking at you, that you have done something, he sees Jesus. Your identity is wrapped around Jesus. And that's why Jesus is, that, that's why the Bible says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Don't feel worthless. Don't let the enemy distort your image. Because you are not intimate, and when I use intimate, you're not close to your earthly father. You're being abused by your earthly father or your earthly mother. It does not mean that that is the way God will treat you. Have a sense of worth in what Jesus has done for you. I close on this. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Just before I go on, I want us to open to Galatians 4, 6 to 7. Your sense of worth determines your identity. Your sense of worth. Galatians 4, 6 to 7. And so, we know for sure. What do we know? 
we know that we are his children. Our identity is the fact that we are his true children. This is talking about God. You're not just an ordinary human being. You're not just somebody that is just on this earth. You don't know what is going to happen to you. Your future is bright. Because you are his true children. God has released the spirit of sonship into your heart. In which you are able to say, in NKJV it says, you are able to say, Abba, Father. In TPT it says, you are able to say, my Father. Verse 7. You are no longer living like slave. Slave, these are the scriptures that brought me out. It brought me out of alcohol. It brought me out of going, right now if you invite me to a party, I can't sit for two seconds. Even weddings, I find it very difficult. By the time I'm, I'm itching to get up, I'm tired. Why? Because I'm no longer, and there's nothing wrong with parties, please. Like, um, I didn't say that one. My goal for 2021, 2022, 2023. Are you listening? My goal, my prayer, my, what else can you call it? Help me. Objective. Who else can help me? Ambition. Who else can help me? Desire. Thank you. That's it now. So you understand. For 2021, 2022, 2023, is that you are in Ignite Church, you desire to get married, you will get married. You, you don't need to, I don't need your amen. I don't need your amen. You know, I, you remember what I said. I said, that's why I asked different adjectives from you guys. My goal, my desire. Objective. Somebody said ambition. What else? Aspiration. Thank you. Is. You are in Ignite Church. You are of marriageable age. You want to get married. You will get married. In the name of Jesus. So I just put that one out. Anytime I speak to young adults in small meetings, I let them know. Because that's my, it's in my plan. And I'm praying about it. So join me. Praise the name of Jesus. Okay. So let me wrap this up. How did I get out of the situation that I found myself? It was me understanding who I was in Christ. That I am no longer living like a slave under law. But I am able to enjoy being God's own daughter and because I am a child of God I have access to everything that my father has for I am an heir this is me now personalizing it I got to know this scripture not in TPT translation but in NKJV at the age of 19 that was when I was able to understand that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that regardless of what has gone on in my life, that God is not about to condemn me. Romans 8.1, he said, there is no condemnation 
to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I got to know that, so if I'm in Christ Jesus, I cannot be condemned. And I know that these days, in my, in my days, we don't talk about mental health. But I know that in your generation, mental health is big. And for people who have suffered one rejection, abuse. And so because of that, you are not able to make life work. This is a scripture for you. It's a scripture that will take you out of that rabbit hole. Because you are a child of God. You have access to your father. There's nothing that you need. The moment you say, remember, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Glory means any form of ambition that you have. Any form of desire, because it's the one that put the desire there. Once that desire aligns with your purpose, it will make it happen. Because Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I'm very convinced that God Almighty will show you who he is so that you can know who you are. In the name of Jesus. Your sense of worth will not be dragged in the mud. In the mighty name of Jesus. The spirit of God that lives in you will be activated today in the name of Jesus. You will not just be a footnote in history. You will make history. Canada will know that a group of people have come into this earth. In the mighty name of Jesus. You will be an example to your generation. Because your future is bright. There is nothing that you want to do. There is nothing, including being the prime minister of this nation. You will become it in the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says it gives power to everyone. It gives you the power to become. So there is nothing you want to become. What is it that you want to become? Just name it. You will exceed it because your God will exceed your expectation. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not be put to shame. In the name of Jesus, and those sin that easily besets you, God will give you the grace to lay it down and to keep it down in the name of Jesus. Your identity in Christ is what showcases your life and shows you the direction to go. But there's just one thing. Make sure that you are very much close to God through your Bible. You cannot know your identity without reading your Bible. The reason why you are envying other people or copying them or being, you know, um, in competition or manipulating to get what you need is because you don't know the power that is deposited in you. There is power in you. The power that raised Christ, Romans 8, verse 11. The power that raised Christ from the dead, it stays inside of you. Activate it. Activate it. There is no superstar in the kingdom of God. There are only smart people that have made God their God. That's what is in there. So when you see people do so well in the kingdom of God, they are not super smart. All they have done is they have made Jesus 
they have done this. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, they have activated it. If you have a smartphone and you don't activate it, you know you cannot use it. It's the same thing. Activate the power that is in you by speaking in tongues, by reading your Bible. Activate the God power in you. Let no day go by that you don't activate that power that is in you. And as you do that, your identity becomes super clear to you. The power of recognition is what we're going to do next week. Joseph had to understand that power of recognition to be able to move forward. And I have just two or three things that God has showed me that I recognize. Trust me, trust me, trust me. I just told you my story. I'm not the smartest on the block. But where God has placed me, just because of my understanding of what is inside this book, the Bible, has placed me in a position that is way higher than some of the people that we were in school together. Some of the A students, and I'm not blaming A students. Make sure you get your A. Some of us just didn't wake up. We didn't wake up on time that, you know, you read in school. So I'm not, I'm not even, you know. But some of the A students today are, being, are people that are seeking my audience and F students. Why? Because of the power that is in Romans 8, 11 of me understanding who I am and activating it. God bless you.